Welcome to The Thought Hackers, the show where you will learn how your mind works and discover how to change your thinking from leading experts and through inspiring stories. Good day, everyone. My name is Nathan Siegel. I'm here with my colleague Hamish Baston out of Australia, and we are The Thought Hackers. With us today is a woman by the name of Denita Stevens. She is a writer and poet who lives in New Jersey. Her poetry about trauma has been published on the Heal My PTSD website and most recently in the ITWOW International 2016 Anthology, all of which are included in her poetry collection, Invisible Veils, which is in the process of being published. She started a blog called Texas Girl in Jersey to share her story of recovering from PTSD and also chronicles her adventures of living in New Jersey. She's currently working on her memoir, Disorderly Life, about her experiences living with PTSD for 15 years and how she recovered. I'd like to welcome you to the show, Danita. Well, it's good to be here, Nathan. Yeah, good to have you. So this journey of PTSD, how did it manifest in your life? It started subtly. I wasn't aware of what was happening. It started as as a teenager and the changes just started happening to me and I wasn't even aware of what was going on at the time. And it was very confusing. Um, it all originated from the trauma of being raped when I was 16 and not telling anyone. I, I didn't understand what had happened and therefore I didn't didn't know how to talk about it or that I was even supposed to tell anyone about it. And I've, I've learned that repressing that and not, not sharing it is what triggered this trauma and the PTSD to develop over, over a period of months initially. And it just, it just continued to get worse and worse um, until, until I was in crisis whenever I was getting ready to graduate, just things just started falling apart. And that, and that is when I knew I needed to get help. I just didn't know what I needed to get help for. So when you say your life started falling apart, how did that manifest? I started not wanting to be involved in the activities that I'd been involved with throughout school, such as cheerleading. Um, I just, I stopped. I, I, it, nothing brought me joy anymore. I, I didn't, and I didn't feel connected to friends that I'd had since elementary. And I just started pulling away. And that is something that I'm, I'm currently writing about for my book is, is how that just started just evolving. And well, actually in this case, devolving, these, these relationships, I just started tearing away from friends and family because I just no longer could relate to them anymore. Um, I, I no longer knew who I was anymore. That makes complete sense. Uh, the PTSD, at least in my experience, has a tendency to scramble you, for lack of a better description inside. Would, yes. would that be accurate? Yes, that, that's how I felt. I I felt bits and pieces of myself, but at the same time, they were no longer connected and interwoven. I was no longer this whole person that I'd been before. I, 
I looked in the mirror and I looked like the same person, but I, at the same time, I didn't recognize that person. I, things just didn't make sense anymore. And I couldn't understand why. Um, I, I started doing research at an early age in my teens when I started having all these symptoms have, happening to me. And I couldn't find anything on PTSD at the time. I mean, that was during the 90s. And it, it wasn't as prevalent or as, as much in the media as it is now. Therefore, it wasn't something that, well, you would find in a public school library. Um, therefore, I had no frame of reference as to, as to understand what I was dealing with. And therefore, whenever I started seeking out therapists, I didn't even know what to tell them that was going on because it couldn't even express it. I didn't even have the words to define it. That, that makes total sense because I, I wound up in the same thing. I mean, when I went to Hamish, it's for what I was calling the trauma of bullying. I didn't know anything okay. about PTSD. We, we didn't actually start talking about PTSD until I'd actually re recovered. And 10 days afterwards, uh, we were talking, PTSD came up. And he asked me in a conversation, well, do you have PTSD? And I said, not anymore. <laughs> and that's when we actually had uh, a framework to work with. So when you, you're talking about not having that knowledge, not having that frame of reference, I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I understand. And it's when you don't have unsettling. that. Of course it is, because you know something's wrong. You know something's off. You don't know why. And you keep trying to find help, but as you said, you don't have the language to describe it. And when you discover something like PTSD, it's not, not that we're trying to hang a label on it to make it, this is bad. No, it's when you have a label like that, what it does is it helps to define what's going on. It encapsulates a whole bunch of things. And then you can go, oh, so that's what's going on. And then once you have that label, not that you want it, but you can use it to find the help that you need to become free of it. Does so, that make sense to you? Yes, absolutely. That's how I felt whenever, well, once I started seeking, seeking therapy and I went through so many therapists and I would always go into their offices. While I didn't really understand what trauma meant, I knew that being raped was what was the catalyst for all of this. And I would share that, that that's when I started, you know, changing and having all these disconnections and everything just, my, my world changed from that day on. And it took 15 years before I could find a therapist that actually understood what I was dealing with. And by that time, the trauma was so compounded that I was not only just mentally and emotionally just spent. I was also physically, I was so unhealthy. Mm. Um, and I, I'm very grateful for the person that I found to work with. And I, as I'm sure you were very grateful to find Hamish. It's, That's true. Yeah, it's I mean, true. I, I, re I refer to my therapist as my soulmate therapist. She saved my life. I, um, I believe it. I yeah, believe and, it. And I've still got Nathan in my life a couple of years later. That's uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's it's yeah. It's, it's amazing kind of funny. the relationships. Do, yeah, yeah, there is a connection. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. 
It was re- it was really funny how the, the the relationship developed. I mean, we very quickly realized that we had a tremendous amount in common beyond the client patient relationship, and and this happened before in my life with different uh, practitioners, where we go from client patient to colleagues to friends, and it's happened a couple of times for me. It's it's a bit unsettling sometimes, or at least it was the first time it happened, but not with Tamish was just an entirely different dynamic mm. but, you know but what you were saying your story when <laughs> you finally were able to put a, a label on it how long did it take you to find that therapist to help you it took about a year and even at that point I really didn't have the label because I could because at that point I'd had so many therapists and psychiatrists who had labeled me as bipolar that that was already how therapists and, and any doctors saw me. They didn't want to see that there was that there was any trauma. They just wanted to treat me for the bipolar and just they considered me treatment resistant. But really? I, I knew that yes, and I I knew that that. I mean, I, I was open-minded to that being my diagnosis for many years. But after I exhausted all the medicinal treatments, I, I followed all the regimens, and nothing worked for me. I, I finally got to the point to where I was like, this is not what is wrong with me. I, I know for, I, I just, I know it. Um, and while I couldn't get a diagnosis of PTSD, I knew what I needed to get help for. I knew it was for being, the trauma of being raped. Mm, and so yeah. once I once I started doing the research and found EMDR that was specific to treating trauma, mm. I that that's when I started seeking out a therapist who was trained in EMDR, and that took a little time as well. Mm. It took me, I would say, probably about a year. And once I met her, she she was ready to get to work. She had just got trained in it and was was interested in, in, in working with me and we just hit it off immediately. Yeah. I'm just going to, what, yeah. what you said there about go, seeing, seeing doctors and practitioners and going through all the regiment to, uh, you know, might've been medication and all the stuff that they were telling you to do, um, putting stuff against the labels that were coming up. I believe that, you know, we're all so different and there's these different experiences and different thinkings and the way we look at life, we all have such different, um, we create different images of what's going on and different beliefs. And by just going through a mainstream regimen to to cure something or treat something, it needs to be different for every person. You cannot go through, here's, here's one medication, do this, do that, and... I don't believe it works and that's why people get stuck in it for so long until you find that person that knows how to tap into you and your unconscious and the the way you're thinking and the specific needs that you need met. I just want to take you back a little bit before we come move forward on what you did with the EMDR. I just wanted to ask you, in that period of time from when you were 16 when you were raped and going through those few years until you found... Uh, what was going on and you were getting an understanding of what was going on with the PTSD what was happening in your life how were you changing and this is for listeners to sort of get some understanding who might connect with uh, they're going through a similar thing but what was the thinking that was happening to you how were you changing and how was the world around you changing with your your family and your peers and everything that was going on 
that's that's a very good question, um, and that that's also something else I've been I've been working on writing about is sharing that part of my journey because it that was probably the most profound part is losing or basically destroying all those relationships, all of those relationships over the years while I was was not getting the right treatment for me was causing so much destruction in my life. I was self-destructive. And of course that toxic behavior filters out to everything in your life. And, and it was something that was, that was hard for me because it was something I, I didn't want to be doing, but at the same time, I didn't know how to stop doing it. Mm. And if you couldn't understand what's going on, how could everyone else around you understand what's going on also? Exactly. It was, it was heartbreaking to my family They and, and my friends. I mean, but mostly, mostly my family. I, and I, I've healed those wounds since then, but I tell you, it's taken some time, yep. you know, after they saw the work that I put into recovery and just the person that I've become now, um, that healing took some time because once you've done so much destruction in your life, um, it does not heal overnight. And, and it can be frustrating that it doesn't happen overnight once you're like, oh, well, I know how to get better. Why doesn't everybody accept this? Mm. Um, because why don't because, they? Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, there are some people who have a vested interest in you remaining sick. Yep. And that, and that can be family, too. The other thing that I wanted to say is I really commend you for sticking to your guns and to keep doing what you kept doing to find what you needed to find, even though you didn't know what it was. Because I, I understand this simply because I did the same thing. And, you know, when I showed up on Hamish's door, like I said, called it trauma from bullying because I didn't have any other words. It wasn't until afterwards that, oh, this is what they call PTSD. Thank you very much. Um, yeah. But prior to that, you know, no, I didn't have any of that and tried zillions of different techniques um, thank God I didn't wind up with these doctors who diagnosed me as bipolar or whatever. The only thing I did get was depression, which was like, yeah, tell me something new, you know? But beyond yeah. that, beyond that, no. I mean, thank God I didn't actually, especially after listening to you and some of our other guests as well. Yeah. Um, I, in hindsight, I, I thought, a lot of professionals who just didn't understand trauma, which Hamish, I have to commend you for, for being so just invested and aware of the effects that trauma have on people because and that was, that was something that was challenging, finding professionals that understood trauma. Yeah. Yes. And it's, and it's understanding, I mean, we don't really need to, understand the trauma and the traumatic events and everything around it we for me it's understanding what is going on for you in your life and what are, what are the challenges that you're having and we start to work from that level and into the unconscious what's what challenges are you having as a result of that right now in your life and where do we start with working with that certainly um that 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 you do make a good point about that because I, I know that I, I've had conversations with others who have experienced similar things that I've gone through. And the idea of, of dealing with, with it in a, well, as a whole is overwhelming. Yes. But if you just take it one piece at a time, one thing, what is, what is, 
what is causing you the most discomfort at the moment? Let's mm. work on that. It, it, it's really just, I mean, just one step at a time. Yes. Um, working on one piece by piece. And then it really does start to fall into place as a whole. Mm. It does. And what, certainly for me working with clients, there's, you know, after, I, and we get things done in about five sessions, four or five sessions, but the first couple are really not understanding is there really any change and where are we at? But as we go, and I know exactly where they're going to be after four or five sessions, and all of a sudden it just goes bang. It just, everything just disappears and dissolves, and it's wow. And now I get it. Um, yeah. <laughs> as you know, Nathan. <laughs> Yeah, of of course, very much so. I mean, we went through and uh, like we went through a couple of timeline sessions. And for those who are listening who aren't familiar with what we do, we're using NLP, neurolinguistic programming, three major processes which are called timeline, belief change, and anchoring. And so, in terms of what what happened, uh, two sessions of timeline, two sessions of belief change, one change of anch- uh, one session of anchoring, and the anchoring was what just wiped out my PTSD. I didn't. I did the exercise that Hamish told me to do. I did it when he wasn't around. He told me what I needed to do. I did it. But when I did it, my PTSD ended. And it just, it, the silence in my mind was so profound. I just, I was really, well, <laughs> I'm using English slang it's gobsmacked, like, you know. It's like a it deer, was just, it's the deer in headlights and we get it all the time. It's, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> it was just, it was just, it was just, phew. yeah. So, it so was, ne- yeah, yeah, like that. I know, I know. It's exactly I like know. that. It's you don't know what to say. Exactly. So, Donita, tell us about your journey with the EMDR. Yeah, that was my next question. <laughs> um, that was something that was a little scary to me at first because being a rape survivor, I was I was uncomfortable with touch. Yes, and I was uncomfortable with any intimate any intimacy and I'm not even just talking about in personal romantic relationships. I'm talking just in general. I I needed my space and to start working with EMGR that becomes very intimate. Mm -hmm. I mean, there, um, I, I initially started working with these things there. They vibrated in my hand, handheld. Um, I, I, can't think of the term at the moment, but they, they caused me to have the, the rapid eye movement while I would talk about, well, and a scene or something in my mind that kept playing over that felt disturbing to me. And it was, it was scary at first. Yeah. I, I would have these body sensations. I could feel the trauma moving in my body. Um, I could feel where it was causing the most disturbance. And it wasn't always in the same place. I was holding on to trauma in so many places in my body, mm. depending on the memory itself. And and it, it took, I, I worked with her for three years. That was really the intensive part of it. Yeah. Um, I, I stored so much trauma. Um, I was such a mess. She started working with me that she was basically working with 15 years of bad therapy. Yep. And, yeah. And that's, and that's really, I mean, I bless her heart. She had patience and, and wisdom to work with me. It was really about patience um, because there were times it was overwhelming and mm. she was, she was very understanding and the EMDR, it really does. It, it brings all those things to the surface. 
And I would even experience flashbacks even out of sessions. That, yeah, I would agree with you. That's, I've experienced EMDR as well. And my experiences of it, quite often when I would leave a session, it felt like I had brain surgery or something. It was exhausting. Um, yeah, I I believe you. And you you made a comment about something earlier, and I want to draw attention to it, is where you were talking about how the initial event happened, then over time you notice that you start to become worse. And for those of you who are listening to this podcast, we've spoken about it before, that what is happening is a, a thing called layering. As more traumas get layered on top of the original one, the symptoms become worse over time, which is why you read about many of those stories with the vets, and they they become in, incapacitated after a period of time because of the symptoms. That's because of the layering effect. It's not just the one trauma. It's now maybe 15 or 20 over a period of, of 10 or however many years. And so it's really important for those of you listening to have that realization partly or that understanding partly because if you're listening to this and you're suffering from trauma, the same thing may be happening to you. Mm. Danita, with the um, yeah. with your journey through the EMDR and your work with your uh, therapist in that, I would imagine now that you've got specific tools that if things or different things happen in your life or whatever, you've now got tools that you can always use because from what you've learned with that yes and that that's something else you make a you make a good point about is that's something that I didn't really have much of coping mechanisms prior to any of this happening or you know going through any of the trauma that I experienced I just didn't know how to cope and especially not with trauma um but once I went through the EMDR I I had all of this I was taught these skills to cope with, with extreme, you know, the extreme, the extreme stress that I was feeling. And it becomes something that even when I'm having minor stress, I I mean, you know, life, life can be stressful. Mm. Um, We we do. I mean, I, I know I live a very busy life, Um, but I I've learned a lot from the EMDR, there's, there's just little techniques, there's tapping I do, and it's just simply tapping on my leg when I'm, when I'm sitting and I'm, I'm stressed and I can, it it does, it causes a release. Yes. That's what we do with NLP with anchoring the same thing. We'll set up something like that. If you can tap, tap a part of your leg or whatever you've chosen, bang, that, that will release straight away. I was thinking exactly this. Yep, I was thinking exactly the same thing. As it's, soon as you said it, in you, it's like, okay, it's cool. better, better than taking a couple of pills. Yes, it is. <laughs> I, I am, I'm all about doing things as natural as possible. Now, I've, I'm even gotten to a point to where I realized the the importance of nutrition and and exercise. Yes. That was that was a, that was a good part of my recovery as well. I was sort of stuck until I integrated doing those things as well. I just, I just wasn't there yet. And as you mentioned at the beginning, you weren't, this was not only affecting you mentally, it was physically as well. And it happens to so many people. I'd say probably everyone that the physical experiences with mental health are there for everyone. So coming out of it, you're recovering, you've, 
you've made the changes and the shift in your thinking to be able to move forward but now certainly with the nutrition and the exercise to help your body as well yes it's just become i mean it's all, all about healthy living at this yep. point yeah, well, everything supports it. I mean, once once a PTSD goes, we interviewed another guy by the name of Dr. Dawson Church, who is one of the pioneers of EFT, and he was talking about the same thing. When the PTSD lets go, a whole bunch of uh, problems to do with your mental and physical health will start to release from your body too because the PTSD, for whatever reason, uh, tends to trigger all these other other things, and I experienced it too. It was such a huge surprise that all these problems suddenly went away. So, and apparently that seems to be quite common. It, it was, and it was something that I didn't really understand at the time. I was even, beca- I, I'd become so physically ill from stress that I was having seizures. And I was given a diagnosis of epilepsy because that was what they assumed that it was. Mm. And ended up I, I knew I was not epileptic and I requested testing and went through five days of testing and they determined that it was stress related and so I was finally taken off that you know the no drive list <laughs> that's that's so amazing that they would jump to conclusions like that and say you're this mind you it's happened to me too so I, I, I appreciate where you're coming from and look but I appreciate the, that yeah that's the tools that they've got too we keep saying this that that's they, the the testing that's there, they come up with the results, the tools that they and the the then the processes of of coming out of that. That's that's what they've learned. And that's how they do things, and we do things oh, another way. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So that, that is absolutely. While, while they do, while they yes, and I mean, like you, like both of you have said, nothing nothing is is the same for everybody. No. And that that was really I I didn't want to be seen that way i wanted to be seen for what i was experienced and and not from other people's history or what what was or wasn't working for them Mm. and so that naturally leads into the next question which is how are you now you've had this time how are you now i am good life is really good i am in a good place i'm i would definitely say that this is a time in my life that i finally i'm happy I like where I am. Um, I'm doing what I enjoy doing, and I love the place where I live. Um, and it's just coming out of recovery, I am so grateful that I did the work. I'll be honest. That was at the time, um, especially going back and looking through my journals, because I kept a great great deal of journals um, whenever I was I was sick. Um that was that was my comfort and my my solace was to write about it, yeah. and I as I'm digging through them to write this memoir, I am just amazed at how different life is for me and my mindset yes. and who I am. So, so and what was it? What was the turning point for you? What the turning point for me was? I I was getting close to turning 30 and I had moved back home because my life was a mess. I'd moved back to my hometown and I just, I was lost and I was, I was physically ill and just, I was in a bad place and I had an aunt who was sick and 
she needed somebody to take care of her. She needed somebody to take her to treatment. Um, she had a cancer diagnosis and needed needed someone to accompany her to Houston. That being said, nobody could do it but me. Um, and while I didn't want to do it at the time, it it's what turned my life around. I realized I did have purpose. And that's whenever I really, I'd given up hope until that point. You were meant to do it. Uh, yes. I mean, <laughs> she, she came into my life. I mean, and when I needed her to, I mean, we both needed each other at the time. She gave me purpose and I was there for her when she needed someone. <laughs> and she completely turned my life around and she doesn't even know it. Um, and I, I'm grateful for that time and just that our, that our, you know, that we had that time together. Yeah. I'd like to then, just knowing where you're at with that, I'd just like to ask you a question that I do ask all my clients and I've asked it to Nathan and he mentioned it before. I'm just going to say to you, when you look at your PTSD and what it was to you, what does it mean to you now? It was a part of my journey, mm-hmm. but something that's in the past. Mm-hmm. There's no connect. There's no. It's just what it is. It's just. It's just. There's something in your life, and there's not that connection to it anymore. I that exactly. I'm. I'm not connected to it, and it's not who I am. It did define me for many years. Absolutely. Now, mm. now I define my life. Yes. Yeah. It's wonderful uh, when people, when talking to people have come through it with whatever, um, whatever treatment, whatever modality. Um, and to just hear, I could certainly hear in your voice there that it, it does mean nothing to you. There was no, you had to think for a minute, you had to look at it to see what it was, but there was no change in, in what, how you were talking and it was just like, no, it's gone. Yeah, I, I really like that too. As soon as I heard the pause, I knew instantly. You're looking, you're looking <laughs> like, for it because that's what I asked you to do. What does it mean to you now when you look back at what it was? You have to look for it for a second, look at it, but it means nothing. No, I, I'm disconnected from that Excellent. now. It's just not something I, I hold on to anymore. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah, and your, and your languaging is so important too for those who are listening the disconnect, it's part of the past, it's not mm-hmm. part of your life now. Yeah. You, you had to think about it, and there was this long pause. For those people who are listening, this is one of the ways that you know that it's it's no longer a factor, and just really important. Mm. And one thing that you've got written on, on your notes, Danita, was finding the, finding the professional that is right for you is essential. So, you know, that may, to me, that sort of... You know, EMDR has worked for you, but you looked at many things over that 15-odd years. Nathan did the same. He went through many spiritual uh, awakenings, uh, Buddhism, whatever it was, so many things until he found Mm -hmm. the NLP. I've had NLP, uh, you know, sometimes I know it doesn't work for some people too, and nor does EMDR. It's it's finding that right fit and finding a therapist that you can connect with who, and you know it's going to happen, you you know when you're there. You you do. I, I, um, it's it's like finding the, the... The right one in life. And that's exactly how I, I feel about my therapist. She mm. was who I was meant to work with. Yes. I, I knew she was the one. Yes. How did, you, how did you know? I just immediately, we were on the same page about what I was wanting. I, and perhaps that's also where I was different. I knew what I wanted to achieve and how I wanted to achieve it with a therapist. And so whenever I met her at a NAMI meeting, I um, 
said what I was looking for in a therapist and she immediately told me what she did. And I knew that we were both on the same page. Mm. Yep. Agreed with you. I'm yeah. And again, for our, our listeners, the way that you know, or at least the way that I know personally, I, I use words like in tune, um, in sync, resonance, a, a feeling that when you're with this person, you just, you know it's right. You can't necessarily articulate how you know, but you know. And for those of you who are listening, you're looking for somebody who can work with you. These are hallmarks. These are signposts of what you should look for yeah. when you're looking for someone to help you. Yeah. And something will work. There will be one of these one of these modalities that will work. And that's, Danita, it's a whole reason why we do, like before, while we're doing this podcast, we're bringing all these different therapist modalities to the table for people to listen to and equally people like yourself who it has worked for. So you know, someone's really, some people are going to really connect with your story and and have a look at that that as well. I, I hope so. <laughs> I'm I'm sure they will. There's no doubt. Every every story's different. Every person's different. And what we bring to the table through our show is is different. Our purpose is to give people as many different options and ideas as possible, because we know that not it's not just about one modality, one way of doing things. There are many ways. And so the more that we can offer, the more that we can help people. Exactly. So for people who have been listening, if they want to get more information about you or if they want to get in touch with you, where would they go? Um, I have a blog. Um, it's danitalstevens.wordpress.com. And I share what I'm doing in life. It's my blog. And then I also am available on Twitter um, at Danita Lee, or you can find me on Instagram as well, Danita.Stevens. Cool. Is there an email address that you'd like to use? Yes, it's Danita's words at yahoo.com. Perfect. Thank you so much for being with us Absolutely. this evening. Very glad Thanks that we were fine. Oh, it's a pleasure. I mean, this is why we're here. I appreciate it. Well, you're most welcome. For those of you who have been listening to us, my name is Nathan Siegel. I'm here with my colleague Hamish Baston out of Australia. We are the Thought Hackers. And with us tonight has been Danita Stevens. Thank you so much for being with us. And we will catch you in the next episode. You've been listening to The Thought Hackers. Make sure you subscribe and get each new episode emailed straight to you so you don't miss a show. And have a look at our resources page where you will find programs, audios and books that will create change in your thoughts. <laughs>